<laughs> if you could save the world without anyone knowing who you were, would you do it? This is Seriously Seagal. Oh my goodness, Holy welcome shit. to Seriously Seagal episode 20. Oh, this is crazy, guys. Shit. Sa- things have gone insane in the Seagaliverse. They've gone off the rails. Things are all out of order. What is happening? What is going on? We I have don't no know. idea. We need to talk about what the fuck we just saw. We just watched Code of Honor 2016, a movie that came out this year starring Steven Seagal. Or was it starring Steven Seagal? Who Did knows? I, was he even in this movie? Oh, I don't even know. I can't tell anymore. <laughs> All right, we need to turn off that alarm. It's very bright, too. It's making very bright oh. white light. Let's introduce ourselves. Take oh a second. Let's, oh Let's take a second. All right, who do I? Uh, who, who are we? All right, who are who, we? I, I don't, don't even know, know anymore, man. After watching this movie, I my are sense we of real? I, my sense of identity is truly shaken to its am core. I, am I P Bear? I don't know anymore. <laughs> I think that I am P Bear, drummer for the, for the Van Burens, and you seated across from me. Wearing a blanket, as always, is probably Brown Man, aka Flav. Maybe, but does Who's that make that? me? Acro- does that I make you across the way, Captain Smitty? Yeah, and I think I'm manning the helm. Oh my God! It looks like our usual arrangement, but it is episode twenty, and we have declared martial law because Code of Honor 2016 is an hour of nothing, and then half an hour of just mind-blowing insanity that makes you question again who you are and what you watched for an yeah. hour and a half. Right. Exactly. I did not see that coming whatsoever dude so let's just get into it Seagal yeah Seagal pulls a fight club in this movie kind of and he and his co-star yeah are maybe the same person the whole time but maybe not oh my we need to go back and watch this again I think to figure out exactly do we want to orient our audiences with what the storyline is yeah let's bring it back to the beginning but just know that for as mundane as the beginning of this this story is the end is just completely insane and yeah. we're going to have to walk it back through trying to figure out exactly who is who and so, what happened and who Tyler Durden is and what what all this is. There is no other Seagal movie that we've watched that is quite like this one. No, this, no, never. This one is totally different than the rest. Except for Kill Switch when he meets Ex- the Russian, when he goes back and meets his <laughs> Russian family. <laughs> yeah, right. I, guess, I guess it did <laughs> have a similar, mind pretty really good. mind-blowing ending to that. Okay, let's get into it then. Code of Honor 2016. Um, yes, just, uh, just the title, by the way. Um, I talked to Seagal <laughs> on Reddit the other day, and I asked him about his code of honor in relationship to this movie during Steven Seagal's Reddit, Ask Me Anything. I asked him what his personal code of honor was, and he said to be kind and polite to everyone, to help those when you can't, and be courageous in the way you help people. Does that have anything to do with this movie? I don't know, because was he even in this movie? Okay, good, good, good point, good point. <laughs> There's so, a lot of questionable th- ethical things in this movie, I feel like, in general. That's the, the biggest like, theme is the kind of good figuring guy? out who's what's right or wrong. Guy? Is there a bad guy? Like, it's very gray. It's I don't not know black if anybody's really the good guy. <sighs> Maybe that detective is the good guy, ultimately. The kind of Andy Garcia guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, hold on. Kid. I got his Maybe name. What was his name? The little kid. kid. Detective James Patterson. Yeah, maybe Patterson <laughs> is the good guy, but I I really don't know. All right, know. so let's do like a like a summer like so what is happening in this movie? There's there's so we st- let's let's bring it to that first scene cuz that gives us a good sense of what what happens in this movie. Okay, so we see, it's a we meeting see, of several gangs, the white boys, the snake eyes, a bunch of other gangs. It's this big drug deal that's going down. Right. And we get some like very nice um moving transition shots to show off these gangs and their cars. And they're meeting in this empty we- behind mm-hmm. a warehouse somewhere, yeah. this big Some empty lot. Industrial setting. <laughs> um, and then, of course, things things go really haywire. People start getting sniped, headshotted, if you will. 
which there's some really brutal headshots all through this there movie. Are. So you many headshots. Really nice effects of the blood spattering you thought it was, all over it, was the, it looked like I a video the game. blood spatter. Yeah, exactly. That's why I liked it. It looked like a fucking video game. I thought it was. I thought some of like the the blood spatter and the the smoke effects. It was a little excessive, the, but I like it. The haze effects were clearly Listen, like final. Depending cut on what else was going yeah. on in the movie, I needed something to go with. So this was enough for me. Um, this scene felt to me like a bunch of middle school kids reenacting a Seagal movie. <laughs> <laughs> These guys, because they, like they there are so, so many goons in this movie, and the acting level is not very high. Yeah. Um, so they're like, "Do you have the stuff?" And he's like, "No, I want the money. <laughs> yeah. Show me the money first. <laughs> Line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So That's they okay, all honey. just start okay. getting sniped one after another." And then eventually, after getting sniped, it turns into like an assault rifle. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> and he's, he, who is he? We don't know yet for sure, but it's somebody. We do see Seagal up in, the, in this yes. crow's nest Supposedly, right? yeah, we do see him shooting these people. That's why, I mean, this twist at the end, I'm sorry to it, bring it up again. Do we have <laughs> to it's, get it's over it's it. so I think we got to let people know this twist, because otherwise, how are we supposed to go through this whole movie like... like we got to let people know what the twist uh, is. Here's, here's my thing about it. It's so disingenuous to show us that the whole t- I guess Fight Club did the same thing but yeah. this I, did we it, tell people what the twist is so they it's un- so unearned I mean we've kind of talked about it but that Seagal Seagal is this hired trained assassin killer with a mysterious past and then the police seem to uh, get involved with another slightly younger man who's a, a former a trained assassin killer with a mysterious past. Well, special forces. Who's tracking, who was trained by Seagal. And he's presumably tracking down Seagal for through, this, for the throughout FBI, this movie. For the feds, supposedly. Uh, as Seagal is killing wantonly any anybody he deems evil. So Seagal is this super yeah, vigilante, pimps, as they call Killing him. drug dealers, killing club owners. Even if you just use drugs or if you happen to be a cameraman for or a Or even if a crew. prostitute ap- uh, comes up to you and asks you for a blow job and you're still making up your mind you You'll, will die oh yeah right you that's will true. die yes but or if you're a senator so or supposedly for all of this movie we're thinking that seagal I, for a while i thought he was the bad guy of the movie because i was like oh, okay he's going around killing a bunch of people and this other quote-unquote fed is looking for him but then was he even killing all those people i don't i truly do not I know don't know if they're the same person so basically at different. the end like what the twist is that you're not sure that i don't even think this movie is sure are these two people separate, like Seagal as Robert right. Sykes, as Colonel, Robert, Colonel Sykes, Robert Sykes, and this other guy as Colonel or whatever? His William name is. Porter. William Porter. Porter. Yeah. Willie Porter. They're supposedly separate people, but then at the end, it, the movie like makes them the same person. Yeah, the detective. Like it's like Sykes wasn't killing all those people; it was actually Porter, and that. But but Seagal is still there. But it's weird because we see Sykes kill people, and we see okay. Porter kill people. So how yep. can they Before be the same this, person? So maybe there's... I don't... So this is my theory on this. My theory is that Porter is the only person that's actually doing stuff in this movie. He's the one killing people and everything, but he is imagining his mentor, Steven Seagal, throughout all these scenes. Yeah. He's imagining his mentor kind of shaming him in the club, being like, you know, you left your wife and blah, blah, blah. And like right. he's imagining all these things. So at the end, when he feels like he's quote-unquote cleaned up enough that he can and he's saved this lady and his child that's why Seagal was sort of like disappearing in the light because it was like he's absolving himself so it's okay. only Sykes is the oh, Sykes isn't even there it's just Sykes was that. never there it was it was Porter bombing that last place and right. leaving and it was like his way of being like I'm done with all of this now I've I've, I've uh, atoned for my sins I don't think Seagal was in this movie. I think it was all a figment of his imagination so you're saying it's like a sixth sense fight club Situation, Mix. yeah, 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 or like the like the worst, the darkest version of the movie Sidekicks with right. Chuck Norris. 
Um, yes. Something just popped into uh, when you were explaining that place. Something okay. just kind of popped. Go to for it, Could this be a comment about um, veterans returning home with post-traumatic Traumatic. stress disorder? Holy shit! Yeah. You know what? I bet it is, dude. Seagal's movies always have some sort of there a, is a, message. a commentary. Yeah. It didn't that, hit you over the head. What do you think about? Uh, I mean, you could argue so many different things. You could right. definitely do that. Yeah, I I could see that. They you, didn't really play up the PTSD that much, though, to be honest. Right, but there's a could, little bit of the drinking and stuff like that, but not a lot. You could also say that it's just that detective's theory, and he's wrong. Right, and there, there, are, could there have were been two, guys. two people. It could have been, but they do these things Porter. at the end where there's a helicopter. The Skippy is flying around that warehouse fight where the, both these guys are knife fighting and also setting up explosives. That's why I didn't think that it, it made it. What any, were their motivations? Yeah, that's why I don't exactly. think Seagal it's, it's, existed in this film because it was weird because of the bombing scene. It was like his body was becoming transparent before, quote unquote, Seagal hits the bomb. So I was like, I think that's. They were trying to show that like Porter's imagination was finally like erasing Seagal. Did, did you see that, Smitty? I did not see that. Okay, so he was becoming like Seagal like, becoming, becoming transparent I at some point. Like it looked like see that. Looked, like when the Skippy was looking at him and he was looking up at the people before he hit the bomb, like his body was becoming like you know the moonlight how a ghost becomes like kind of like translucent. That's what was happening with his body. So I took that as Porter finally absolving himself. Porter's the one hitting the bomb. And like leaving the building, I think that which is why in the end Porter gives that kid the the baseball. He's the one who's alive. Because why would Seagal blow himself? If he was a real person, why would he blow himself up? That doesn't make any sense. I didn't even know if they were upstairs or downstairs I, when they had that knife fight. They, they blow up the top part of the building. I don't even. Oh my God. So many questions. Just yeah. so many. Uh, I I really don't. Uh, this is the first time on this podcast. I've but you know what irritated me flummoxed. the most? What's that? The fire trucks that said Unified Fire Authority. <laughs> yeah, I want to can, ask you guys about this, too. Can anybody tell me any part of the world where fire trucks don't say the name of the city and fire department? They, and it says well, Unified so Fire Authority? This movie was fire filmed authority? in Salt Lake City, but they, they, it's, they keep saying Our Fair Town. They can't. The, all those newscasters never mention the name of the city. So I get that, but then call it Unified Fire Department. Who calls it a Unified fire authority? Unified Fire Authority is Utah's largest fire agency serving over 500,000 residents there you in go. the cities of Alta, Cottonwood Heights Draper, They don't call themselves Eagle a department. Mountain, blah, 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 they blah, call blah. themselves an authority, really? I guess so because I think wow. it's uh it covers more than just one town. Well, also they probably don't name, want to name it after any one place because the mayor is totally corrupt. The senator seems a little corrupt and the governor seems a, a little corrupt every, at every at every everybody's level. corrupt. And the police are the wor- the that worst reporter police was corrupt. Ever Jimmy seen. Olsen, whatever his name was, that that Jared uh, Captain Connolly? No, no, no. Oh, the reporter, oh, the reporter that was corrupt. Jimmy too. Simon. Jerry J- Simon. Jerry Simon. Simon. He was corrupt too. He was bad. I love the that truth. guy. He was such a sleazeball. Yeah. Okay. Oh man. <laughs> so what I don't even I really we know I, where I to begin said, with yeah, this. Where one. do we go with this? This movie also had four what we knew we were in for trouble at the beginning titles when there were four production companies. Yes. It was something, <laughs> then Grindstone, then Premiere, then Steamroller, and then they all <laughs> said those again. And they're written by, directed by Michael Winnick. Did you guys like the direction in this movie? You know what? I was I was saying that like compared to like a good man in force of execution, I thought the directing was good in the sense that it wasn't confusing to follow until the very very end but like you knew what the story was and you could follow along with it it was boring but it was it was doable right the first hour was then, so boring if you yeah, ask me the really last boring. last 20 to 30 minutes i'll say the directing was fucking batshit crazy because what the hell are you writing and writing and directing like what they're the same person they're not the same person one guy thinks they're different one guy thinks they're yeah it's very like the writing went off the kind it, of it almost seemed like you know he turned it what's this guy's name kevin matt what michael winnick it seemed like Michael Winnick turned in the script in a different format, and everybody was like, this is really boring. We need something to spice up the end. And he's like, 
oh, they're, they're the same person. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, that's a great fucking twist. Nobody will see that coming. Put that in there. And then they like put it in there for the last 20 minutes. And he's like, I really didn't want to do this, but the movie was boring otherwise. I, I sus- think that's what happened. I suspect the movie got greenlit just because somebody said, there's a crazy twist ending that you'll never see coming. It's never been done <laughs> yeah, like this. It, the first hour sucks, but don't worry about like, it. Because if it was just... You know, like, let's say that Seagal was the guy killing him, killing everybody. There was Seagal, and Porter really was a federal agent, like, yep. chasing him. Then you could say that this movie would be pretty damn boring. Yeah. So uh, they, it's like they almost had to write in this ridiculous toys just to get people to be like, what did we just see? Maybe it had something to do with another credit that said, also edited by. Oh, my God. Which yes. I was also that, disconcerting. That's that's a really good point right there. Also edited they, they, by, Like Raj said, the second half of the movie, or what, the last half hour or whatever it was, yeah. which is insane. And, you know, the editing definitely it's didn't It's an hurt. hour, 46 minutes long, and in the last 20 to 30 minutes is when all this shit suddenly, like, happens. I don't get it. Yeah, there's also that five-minute sequence when they try to explain this idea that uh, Sykes is Porter to us, which is just a, a recap of the movie. It just and shows like, you every piece of action you know, from the and movie it, And again. it's fine. Like, okay, you're going to make that twist. And but then at the very, very end, that uh, same detective like goes up to the chick and he's like, you don't believe me, right, that they're the same person? It was it's like, so weird. It's like, wait, so is he not the same? Because then he doesn't even believe his own theory. <laughs> it's like... He's like, not, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't think this movie is sure what the hell they're doing. It's the unusual suspects. <laughs> um, so, okay. So, after Steven Seagal, we Bin see Dang, Steven Seagal. Where were you at when we Yeah, Bin Dang, you. we needed you for this one, man. Bin Dang. Uh, they can't be same person. <laughs> he would have he come no in sense. and fixed things immediately. God. Makes no sense. We love you, Bin Dang. We want an interview with you, Bin Dang. Come um, on our podcast. So, after we see Steven Seagal killing these middle school kids reenacting every Seagal movie um, with a sniper rifle, the next scene is um, uh, we meet Porter, police, right? basically. Uh, well, the police are checking the, the scene. The police out. are checking out the scene, and then we meet. And Porter. the main detective like looks up at this water tower, or whatever that Seagal is supposedly shooting off of, and he goes up there. And when he's up there, we meet Porter, who's already up there, and he's like, you know, looking at this piece of a cigar, and he's like, ah, took up, uh, you know, he's like, oh, you're doing cigars now, like, and I thought you were perfect, right? And so this detective's like, who the hell are you? And he's like, I'm federal agent, I'm special agent William Porter, and he shows him a badge, and. We move on from there. He's like supposedly like trying to find Seagal too. Right. He's trying to track down Seagal, and so he kind of allies himself uh, with, with the, the poli- cops. With yeah. the cops, Porter. Cops does. do not check this guy's background. They do not run his information. They, are the a, worst. they completely take it at face value that this like solo federal agent who doesn't have to report to anybody that doesn't like checking in with anybody is just like yeah that makes sense. It's it is a great scene later when the actual feds show up and they go. William Porter. We don't know William Porter. Yeah, we're the first agents on this case. Yeah, in this fair city's uh, police department looks <laughs> yeah. like fucking. Usually in movies, when that happens, the, like the you have some sort of an idea that it's going to happen, right? Like usually movies clue you in on that, so and then you're like, oh, now everybody else knows. Isn't that like dramatic irony when you know something that like the right. characters don't know? But in this movie, we don't even know what the hell is like. Is he? It, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, guys, guess how old Craig Schaefer, the guy who plays Porter, is. Seagal is 64 years old in this I'm going to say f- 52. I was going to say 50. He's 56, actually. Okay. What? He's pushing 60. Yeah, he's getting close to 60. He's an he looks guy. good for that. He, he looks, looks a lot younger a drunk than that. 60. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, so Porter is kind of the guy. He's like, well, this is he's funny. He's the Seagal of the movie. He's the, the classic uh, younger guy who helps out Seagal in the, new, <laughs> the newer movies. He's drinking Except and has he's, a dark past. He just is like the, sh- the shitty new Seagal, basically. Yeah, he's yeah. drinking and has a dark past and likes to play with knives. They just are the same character. I guess that's the twist then? That is the twist. But f- again, for the first <laughs> hour of the movie, it's basically like, I don't. 
I think they're different people. <laughs> I wouldn't I'm, think that they're I the same always person. thought they were different but people. But it's boring until because the they're the same. They have the same characteristics. Right. They, they, they have the same backgrounds. Uh, and they right. both lost their family. One to from drinking and holding. You know, we should have figured out that he wasn't a federal agent when he started murdering all those people willy nilly with knives. Because like he never reported it back to the department or anything. Like usually when people do that, like you report back to the or like you won't use gigantic hunting knives to like kill people. Like federal <laughs> agents don't do that. We should have figured that out. Like. Well, this that guy was, can't be a federal agent killing people with double machete knives. Like, what the fuck? That was very suspicious to me later when they're going, "Oh, Porter did some of these these murders, maybe." <laughs> yeah. It's like, didn't you know that he's working with you? Right, right, right. Yeah. So, so it wasn't until way later. In, in the movie. theory, this one guy was both doing all of these Beltway sniper style uh, <laughs> murders across this fair city, uh, while also hanging out with the police a bunch, investigating those same crimes. And pretending to track himself down. Oh, man. We usually do bad, bad, or bad guys, oh but this is god. bad, bad, or police. Oh, like, my god. Oof, yeah, the, the police are terrible in this. Yeah, throw that, throw the drop for bad, bad, or in the worstest. This one's usually for the bad guys. Hey, this but today, is this is for the cops. The pigs of this fair city. Oink, oink, motherfuckers. <laughs> I smell bacon. Well, there are numerous things that they did wrong. Well, first yeah. of all, the, the hard oh, drive god, for the computer. Right, the, okay. When, they, when um, the Wait, strip what? club... Gets blown up. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty much the next thing that happens. Ju- is oh, just yeah, that, that, uh, that we see so well, Seagal actually. at a strip club, and then there's an explosion at the strip club while he leaves. And like, do we see? Shakes por- his head like ah, we don't see do Porter that. there, do we? No, not until after. Not until like the like the very end when they're like showing the flashbacks and it's actually Porter, not Seagal. Right. But we are definitely shown Seagal in the back yep. of the right. strip club. Yep. Yeah. We meet the stripper with the heart of gold character. Um, she She's leaves. So hot. And then there's a big explosion at the strip yeah. club. What do the cops do next? Well. What they don't do right. is uh, secure the scene and take evidence, any sort of evidence. Nope. They, they leave a computer in there with a hard drive, so then later at night, what's-his-face, uh, Porter, right. sneaks in to the crime scene, goes to the computer, opens it up, just takes the hard drive out, and then brings that back home with him. But in all fairness, all he was trying to do was find out the stripper's name. Which is terrible police work on his own part. It, it, and he had to like go in and steal this hard drive. And then, like, I like how the, the strip club's hard drive has like a little like picture profile bio and yeah, like her like fucking own history. And she has like her like family their, history like and stuff. CIA and shows, agents, yeah, exactly. They got like fucking. The, the knock list. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Yeah, that was that was terrible police work. So but initially, when this was happening, we kind of thought Sigal was just like a terrorist, right? We were like, he just shot he up. He is. Okay, yeah. well, it could be him or it could be Porter. But Seagal, I mean, if they're the whoever's same, all right. Doing it is, is whoever's doing basically it basically just. Blew I guess up we the should, if they're the same guy, we should not disrespect the tutelage of Colonel Robert Sykes, who is a character who ultimately does not appear in the movie. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but maybe he wasn't such a good teacher if he turned this guy into a split personality uh, terrorist monster, which is what <laughs> you're kind of theorizing, right? Yes. Like, okay. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to Colonel Robert Sykes. Come on the podcast. But there's a couple. I'm trying to think. What are the? Um, there's a couple other moments where the police are just super bad. Well, they're just always ten steps behind. Yeah. I don't see why they don't take care of that Heather Graham character and her son earlier. I don't see why she doesn't go to them earlier. I right. guess because they're completely inept. Oh, I guess them just not questioning Porter about his agency credits or like anything really. Right. About, or, like, that, the or, end of the movie, they they're like, all right, we finally have the info on Sykes and Porter. The, who showed up day like yeah, weeks yeah, earlier? Yeah, yeah. 
so you knew their name. So what are you guys doing? A fucking this. sitting with your thumb up your ass? You know, yeah, it's like, like, <laughs> like computers don't exist. Like you couldn't find that out. There's in no cell phones in comedy, man. Like, <laughs> oh, who's this guy who just showed up at uh, uh, this uh, crime scene? Dude, that's what happens when your department is run by a guy named Captain Comedy. Yeah, Captain oh, yeah. Comedy <laughs> was, was yeah. not joking around, he was not. but he was also not doing a very, very good job. Um, that strip club was so sad and empty and pathetic. It was. Except for all those people that got murdered. Some serious bolted on titties there, too. I also really enjoyed Love that. Love those titties. All the strippers survive the strip club explosion. Yeah, they do. Explosion. Nice. Um, but not the bad guys. And later, people remark on it later and say, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the stripper was right. She was lap dancing that one gang member when the when the bomb went the off. place went off. So yeah. I don't know how Seagal rigged that. Seagal Porter Sykes rigged that bomb. He's an he's an expert. He knows exactly how much to use. He's so good <laughs> that he'll save the the strippers lives. Um this one stripper uh, becomes uh, an important character in the movie. I was calling her Pleather Graham Ple- because Ooh, she's like kind it. of like a Heather Graham I like to call her the poor man's Brooklyn Decker. Yeah, Brooklyn Decker totally uh, very attractive. Uh, she's so hot. Very attractive. Very lovely lady. Um, she's got this <laughs> damn kid attached with her. She, she has a young son who, who Raj, I thought Raj he, really likes. I thought for sure. Yeah, was he a good-looking kid, Raj? What do you think? I don't know. He didn't do shit in this movie. He just wanted that guy's baseball. I thought he was going to become a hostage at some point. Yeah, her he whole her whole waste. side. So she meets Porter. He has to uh, <laughs> again go into the crime scene and <laughs> find this burnt-out computer to ask her her name. He should have just asked her <laughs> yeah, her name. Yeah. 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 Um, and she winds up staying at his apartment. For a minute. Well, because those bad guys come to her place, right? Like the there's like this mafia boss for a little while. The Romano, Romano is his name. Oh yeah, Romano. Romano yeah, who's pissed he... off that some of his people are dying and his money's stolen and this right. and that. So he sends goons after this chick to see who set up this bombing because you know she conveniently left right before the bombing. So maybe they you know he thought that she was connected. So he sends these goons to her house. They're you know like over there and keeping her like you know blah blah. And then Porter shows up. Right. Okay. Yeah. And they have the scene where like these people are hiding behind the door and they're like, get rid of him. And she's like, now's not a good time. And he's like, it never is. And he just busts the door open and just fucking shoots a couple people, stabs a he couple people. Everyone. He yeah. kills everybody. There's so much murder. And this chick is so happy that he saved her life, which I guess I would be too in that Who's scenario. cleaning up any of these bodies? I just... I, I, Nobody. It's, it's no weird. It's Nobody. so weird. The U- the streets of Utah are just littered with bodies. I think it's Maybe the it's fire the Union department. Fire yeah, department. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's the unified Union fire unified department fire doing all the grunt work in this. this Taking operation. care of business, doing the grunt work. <laughs> Those are the bodies, real MVPs. Yeah, all these fucking bodies. Can we uh, can we get some semblance of of sense to this and yeah. send it to Keith David Nonsegal MVP? To d- I think Keith needs oh. to come in here and help us out. Episode twenty. We need your help, Keith. Hey, Keith David Nonsegal MVP. Oh yeah. Tell me about this movie, boys. I walked out 20 minutes in. Keith, you missed some crazy stuff, dude. What happened? Uh, Seagal that's is the other question. guy. The other guy is Seagal. What? Have, yeah, I know. That's what, that's what we said. <laughs> this, wouldn't, this kind of thing would not fly in Julia. Yeah, dude, this is not... This script would be rejected and burned. <laughs> you burn scripts at Julia? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, Keith, in your honor, let's send it to some, some of the uh, non-Seagal MVPs. Can I do one for you? Only if it's good. Okay. All right. <laughs> My Seagal, uh, non-Seagal MVP goes to Jerry Simon, the reporter who wears the shades and has the TV show called Simon Says. This movie, uh, I think... Uh, had the a poor man's Kevin Spacey, according to Smitty. Yes, yeah, the poor man's <laughs> Kevin Spacey. 
Good but, one, Smitty. <laughs> and and uh, Griff has, has, is a caricature of the media, I would say, because he uh, chooses to break the law to film things. He just cares about his ratings. He, in the end, is ensnared in a trap uh, by an envelope <laughs> that says ratings gold. Yeah, what was that? that was he's, so uh, he's so over the top. He's very he's over, so over the top. He fell for that one pretty hard, yeah. But he is reporting the news, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, does yes. he, yeah, he does report the news. I felt this this was Seagal commenting on, the uh, again, the nature of the media these days uh, and these slimy people, these slimy snakes who will just do anything uh, for ratings. But ultimately, wasn't, uh, wasn't Jerry just... Saying what was happening, what, did he make anything up? What what did he do that uh, was completely I out of line? Following his um, his reports, so I'm not sure if he exaggerated stuff or not. He no, might have. I, I I don't know. I didn't get a sense of that okay. necessarily or anything specific. At least I he think just he was just slimy, slimy. And, and he was like in the he was like in the police scene when he wasn't supposed to be. You know, he right. crossed the crime scene. Well, tape that's what and all like got like all the shit, yeah. right? I think he's just enterprising, but he's 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 painted as a real skis ball. Yeah, he, which um, he is. But really, my MVP goes to his cameraman Neil. Oh, Neil! Uh, uh, Neil! Poor shout Neil. out to Neil. Who? Uh, poor Neil. <laughs> these two guys Neil. again are <laughs> are are asked uh, by Segal for a meeting at the end of the movie. Okay. They go. They're killed by uh, uh, Segal throwing knives. Yeah. <laughs> he had said, uh, uh, "You don't bring the cops. I won't bring my guns." And then Jerry goes. Weapons. Jerry goes weapons. to Jerry goes to the meeting, and Seagal throws knives at him and says, "Those weren't yeah, those aren't guns." <laughs> uh, but poor Neil didn't deserve any fucking he, Neil. He was just doing a good job. Knife yeah. to the throat. Yeah, and he got a knife to the throat as he was running away. Oh, yeah. uh, that was brutal. Uh, Smitty, who's your non-Seagal MVP in honor of Keith David for the twentieth episode? It better be good, or I... you're doing push-ups in gym class on Monday. <sighs> oh Jesus! Okay, Keith. He made my, me climb the rope. My non-Segal MVP for this movie would be Detective James Patterson. Yeah, totally. Because really, okay. <laughs> not because I thought he was like good or anything. Okay, but I, was I just be like, wait a minute. I just really loved how <laughs> fucking in over his head he was with yeah. everything. He had like, especially the scene where, um, spoiler alert, they're trying to uh, move Romano um, to somewhere and and. The big so, bobster head. And, and he gets shot in the head. Yeah. And um, there's there's just one scene where he's just, like, so flabbergasted. And, like, this look on his face. <laughs> he's just like, oh, my God, what am I in right now? <laughs> but he was so inept in, in all ways and just, just all around. Really, in a sense, he is the true hero of the story. He and his terrible acting partner. Because, there, I mean, there, nobody else is really a good guy. He's right. the only one who's not corrupt, who's actually trying to figure out what's going on. Right. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately. figures sure. it out. But he's so he's so bad at his job. He's really bad. Ugh, it was brutal. Bad, bad, but good guy. I just, I enjoyed how bad he was. And that's why he's my non-Segal MVP. Fantastic. Flav, who's your non-Segal MVP? Oh, man. Well, I've got my actual MVP, and then I've got, like, my other MVP. My, my... My secondary MVP is obviously Brooklyn Decker's lookalike because she's just she's just so hot. She kept me going in this movie, mm -hmm. being able to see her in every few scenes. Also, she's in the middle of a lot of shit that she doesn't even really know herself what's going on. So I appreciated that. But the MVP of this movie would be the mayor. My, my MVP is the mayor. The, the mayor? mayor? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Who's just banging all these random chicks and like... The whole movie, he's like campaigning against this like 
lovely other lady who like loses her daughter and is like trying to like clean up the city and like turn into mayor and then like there's this actual mayor who's running against her for she re-election. Was, no, she was a senator. She was a senator. Oh, she was a senator. The one whose daughter died in the night. Why was she standing up. next to him when he was trying to campaign for re-election? I thought there was going to be a weird government thing going okay. on. Well, I thought so regardless, too. I thought his mayor was just killing up. it because like nobody <laughs> nobody was clearly keeping track of him. And he Again, was, we, we meet a mayor, Everybody a senator. sees him ba- like hooking up with other chicks. They're, they're clearly aware of it because they're like, your wife is on the other line. And he's like, I love that moment. <laughs> so he gets it. The mayor gets into his limousine and starts making out with this busty yeah. chick. And then the like way later, like the captain and comedy calls him and they're like, oh, you checked into a hotel room with another like, you know, it's just like they're very aware that this mayor is an, an adulterous wretch, right. if you will. But his uh, well, his uh, his uh, limo driver says. Your wife is on the phone. He says, tell her I'm in a meeting and then just makes that with the chick some more. Yeah. So, hey, just to be clarifying, I'm not I'm not a fan of adultery, but if you can be the mayor where everyone knows you're cheating on your wife and somehow still maintain your office. Hey, kudos, man. You're the MVP. Hey, man, Bill Clinton did it. <laughs> Fist bump. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Bill, big Bill. Ooh. Big hey. Billy and I used to play cards down in St. Louis. Come on the podcast, <laughs> Big Billy. We want to hear what you think about Seagal down the bayou. Um, I bet I bet Seagal and Bill Clinton have definitely hung out at some point. Dude, Seagal's hung out with like everybody. He's man. hung out with Donald Trump crazy. for sure. Um, yeah. Okay. So where does that take us in in the story? So who knows? Yeah. Who fucking yeah. knows? <laughs> there were just all these scenes of cutting back to sketchy looking people standing around, and then the headshot, 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 headshot. Dude, there are so many headshots. Headshots should really be the MVP of this movie. There yeah. are so <laughs> many headshots. I think that should be the name of this movie. Headshots. 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 Not code of honor. Again, Skull's code of honor to be kind and polite to everyone. Um, headshot. Headshot. Yeah. Headshot. <laughs> headshot. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the, okay, so it was the Snake Eyes Club that got blown up. Yep. Uh, I, Mr. Romano owned that place. Right. Yeah. So after this chick gets taken away by, or take, you know, saved by Porter. Porter, what, does it just? Oh, there's that scene where like Porter and Seagal supposedly like Porter's out in that alleyway, right? And Seagal saves him. By shooting that one guy, and then he's like, "I'm and gonna they, meet you tonight," and then they go meet at that club. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, hold on. Wait exactly. a minute. Let's let's walk that back for a second. Okay. Seagal saves Porter by shooting a guy in the back of the head, a guy who had the, the drop on Porter. How can they be the same I, guy? That, or did you just a, imagine that? But who shot that guy? That's a I really bet you good he point. turned around and shot that guy, and then he imagined Seagal berating him for not checking his six. That's very... That's the mind he's jumping. crazy, to, man. Yeah, he's a serial killer. It Ooh. wouldn't make sense to us. We're normal people, and you're a bear. That's true. So Bears would never do that, man. That is a good point, though. Right, there is that's a one instance where you could argue that very strongly that they yeah, are two sure. separate people. I also yeah. want to go back and see if anybody interacts with Seagal, because if they do, then it also throws that off a little bit. I don't bit. think they do though. It's like how in this uh, spoilers for the Sixth Sense. Can we talk, can we spoil the Sixth Sense? <laughs> do it. Nobody really talks to Bruce Willis throughout that movie after the first Donnie Wahlberg scene, but they do it very close. M Night Shyamalan, a ding dong, does it very very nicely where you don't really notice. M Night, you owe me money. Keith, <laughs> the segment's over, man. Get out of here. Yeah, Keith, go back to the mudroom and keep playing Othello, dude. All right, the board game Othello. Oh, <laughs> whoops! <laughs> For money, <laughs> whoops! I was playing the Shakespeare role. <laughs> it's a tragic comedy. And then, okay, so there's also that creepy guy with the white mustache who uh, who yeah. makes it out of the club scene, or he I, makes it out of the very first scene, 
and he is one of the kind of main henchmen. Right, right. He's right. one of the guys who steals Heather. Grant I love this guy too because they're like, get rid of him, and then he shows up later with like a bandaid on. Yeah, him. what was that? <laughs> so the get rid of him was Mr. Just, Romano like, said dress kill him, him up right? and like heal him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Earlier in the movie, he gets shot in the hand, and they're like, take care of this guy, and he's he's taken away he's like, like no, kicking no. and screaming, and then he shows up later in the movie with like his arm in a sling all wrapped up. <laughs> We're gonna take care of you, and they go in the back and they just like, like you know tenderly care for his legs. Literally take care of him. But uh, I, I like to call him Army. Okay. Okay, yeah, Army. Be- that's he did, cool. Yeah. Um, he also got shot in the arm again. Yeah, he did, by scene. Porter. Yeah, be- there was also before the, being shot in the head. The theme of uh, getting hurt in the hand, because Porter gets shot through the that's hand. right. And Seagal gets stabbed through the hand right. later. Which <laughs> makes it seem to me like they were the same person at that point. Yeah, it kind of, by the end of things, it they both have the same wound. Oh, man, I don't know. I <laughs> I, so yeah. anyway, so basically, Seagal says, quote unquote, saves him, and then he's like, meet me tonight at this club. But this is right. why I'm arguing that it can't be, because then in the later flashback, they show that Sykes, or uh, Porter wasn't meeting with him. He was alone at that club. Yeah. Okay, he wasn't actually meeting but, Seagal. But, but Raj, so think how- about this. You could argue that they are two separate people, but yeah. he... he went there and had this meeting and, and did stuff to make it look like it was Seagal doing all this. Instead, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. but but you, I, uh, sure, who the sure. fuck knows? You know like, that club scene was really theory, weird. He's still Porter's the guy killing everybody. Still, but Seagal's also a real person that happens to be also c- framed for some of these things. It could well. be. I, okay. I I don't really that have makes, a theory. That, that of, could be legit too. I'm just yeah. trying to think of possibilities. So let's just say they do have this meeting. What do they talk about at this meeting? Actually, I want to take it to yeah one of my segments because yeah. there's a couple good lines in here. Smitty, Episode twenty. Hit that shit. We are lockdown, flames, fames, martial law, episode twenty. Guys, we are in episode fucking twenty. I can't believe we've. Hey, all of our listeners and people <laughs> who join in, thank you so much for sticking with us on this. We love you guys. Like really, like it, it means a lot that you guys are listening. We're chugging along. We're there's been some there's like been some terrible movies, through. but there's also some great ones that we have left. So stick with us, guys. Hit us up at seriously Seagal on Twitter, seriously Seagal Facebook. Yeah, let us know what you like. Let us know, you know, suggestions, comments. Definitely, we were very interactive with our listeners. We've so. got a few new listeners this past week. We're very excited yeah. about that. So. Thanks so, Flay's faves. What are we, your faves, uh, Flay? We got a couple. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna start with, uh, <laughs> with that scene we just talked about, the where meeting, he, the famous no, meeting actually, at the right bar. before that, where he saves, quote unquote, saves him in this alleyway. The famous so, alleyway save. So you know, Porter's around and he's killing all these people, and then Seagal shoots this guy who's right behind him, and he turns around and Seagal's like, "What's wrong with you, man? Can't check your six? Just like old times, huh? Me saving your life and your hooker girl flying into the wind." <laughs> It's like, all right, it's not bad at all. So, <laughs> I like to think that he they've before had the experience of shooting people and uh, I saved your around. life and a, and a, a girl ran away. Yeah, <laughs> that, I think that's what that was. Who's P Bear and the Brown Man in, in this uh, relationship? Of the dude, I don't know if we want to be either one. What of if these we're guys? the same guy, dude? That's what I'm saying. Am I P Bear? I've called you Brown Man on numerous occasions. I've called myself <laughs> Brown Man by accident a few times. <laughs> oh, I've called you Steven Seagal. Have we interacted too. with other people who have called us by different names? Hey, Smitty, are we real? Um, I think so. How many of us I do you see? One. Oh, God damn it. Fuck. <laughs> All, right. All right, well, <laughs> Keep going with your flaves, other, your faves. So, you know, they're flaves. having this discussion to set the scene. You know, it's almost like this, this guy who's trained Colonel Robert Sykes or, you know, uh, Seagal is talking supposedly with his understudy, 
Porter. Porter at this at this bar and like what's going on why are you doing this and to us at the time it seemed like Porter was almost a good guy a federal agent coming after Seagal being like why are you killing all these people blah blah right which it may not be in the in the reality but anyway uh you know Seagal Seagal first offers him a cigar yeah and lights one himself and the Porter's like no no thanks I don't smoke and Seagal goes he who never met a girl he didn't want to fuck or a bottle he didn't want to drink giving up cigars <laughs> I was like, all right, I like that one. But then, like, right after, you know, he, uh, you know, the porter's like, you know, you're a bad guy. Like, you're killing all these people. Like, what gives you the right? And Seagal, you know, much like our opening was like, you know, if you can't, if you could save the world and nobody knew who you were, would you do it? And he's like, well, no, not if it, like, makes me this bad guy, blah, blah. So then Seagal gets kind of upset at being called a bad guy and says, you drank, you lied, you cheated, you fucked everything that moved, foreign and domestic. (laughs) My wife was ripped away from my arms. Yours left you because you were a son of a bitch. If I'm the bad guy, what does that make you? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that, okay, so I want to break that down for a second. Okay. So he offers him a cigar and says, man, you love b- pussy and booze. Why don't you smoke this cigar? And then later he says, yes. man, you love pussy and booze. You're a piece of shit. I only smoke cigars occasionally. Yeah, yeah, right. He also says, I never missed a soccer game, forgot an anniversary, never got a speeding that's, ticket. That's, like, yeah, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, I couldn't write all that. I was like, I was trying to keep up with it. I was like, this is too much. But I just thought that was so fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did just say that. Yeah. Um, and then there's a couple more that I got. So there's another one that comes a little bit later where he's talking to the reporter. He lures the reporter into whoever it is, whether Who it be Seagal. Seagal, Seagal does. Well, Seagal does initially, and then later in the flashback, it might be Porter. Guys, but we I'm see sorry, Seagal but do we it. see Seagal do we it. See Seagal he lures do, yes. this reporter in. It's a reporter and this poor guy, Neil, the camera guy. And Seagal Neil. looks at him. And and it's said beforehand, they're like, okay, you come with nobody and I'll come with no weapons. And, the, you know, he brings this guy and he's like, oh, this is just my cameraman. And Seagal looks at him. He's like, it's all right, man. I know you're just doing your job. So it makes it seem like you're not going to murder this guy. Right. And then the guy's like, you know, uh, I'm re- I've been reporting the truth. And, like, he's like, no. Like, he's like, well, like, the truth is subjective. You know, it's in the eyes of, like, the people or blah, blah, blah. And Seagal's truth is absolute. People are subjective. And then he just takes this knife and just, boom, just murders this cameraman out of nowhere. And then, obviously, like, and the guy's like, I thought you said no weapons. And he said, I said no guns. And then he flashes (laughs) the knife and he's like, this ain't a gun. And then just, boom, right into the chest, kills this guy, too. Jerry, Simon, and Neil, gone, just like that. Two knives, one to the head, one to the chest. I really enjoy how when Steven is handling knives, he has this like little like move he does with his wrist. A very limp like, wrist like, maneuver. Limp wristed figure eight thing going on. Man. I'm That's sure. It, I'm sure mark. it is. He's very good at that. I'm it's, sure it is. It's really good though. My sensei does really the very similar it. thing when he teaches knife stuff. It's because it, you don't know what angle the knife exactly. is going to be coming from. Yeah. My question about both of these scenes is, hmm. which confused me in the beginning about who the the quote unquote bad guy of the movie sure. was, and later about I mean, it just gets incredibly confusing. But yeah. Um, um, do you think Seagal agrees with the character that we see? Uh, his, no, what's his name? Not Alexander Coates. 
The char- what's Seagal's character's name? Robert Sykes. Do you think he agrees with Colonel Robert Sykes generally about these things? Because um, ultimately, because he can justify some of these earlier murders by saying these were truly bad people. These were gangbangers. These were mur- these I, guys were murderers. I think. But as he goes throughout the movie, he's killing drug users and then yeah. a journalist who really had committed right. no crime. So and a cameraman think, who really didn't. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably maybe also why Seagal made it so that Porter was the guy doing it. You know, the psychopath was killing the people, not Seagal. I think he agrees with. The 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 motive behind it, so not necessarily the killing of it, but when he tells uh, Porter that there's there's places in the world, in cities that people are afraid to go to, that people can't walk around in the daylight, people are, you know, they have to watch their back, and it shouldn't be like this. People should stick up for other people. The, the cops should stick up for people. Like, it should not be like that. I think he agrees with that, that, are, that there's a lot of these places that you can't go to anymore because it's just overrun with gang violence and this and that. So I think... That side of it he agrees with, that we should clean it up. I don't know if he would agree with necessarily murdering everybody to clean right. it up, but I, I do think there's Because Steven Seagal, from the beginning, has been above the law and out for justice. That's his thing, right? Sure. Here, his above the law... Here, here it's excessive. Is, is, it's is like, the most slippery morality that we've ever seen right. expressed. Yeah. It's, yeah. A very, say, it's a bold choice to call this movie Code of Honor. Because it still it is, is such it's, a bold it's choice. somewhat in keeping with things that he's done before where he's definitely the good yeah, guy and yeah. he has to go to excessive means because the bad guys are you know being protected. But the thing somewhat. is, I thought but he was the bad guy for a lot of this movie. I would, I would say he is the bad guy of yeah. this movie, yeah. you know, whoever he Unless is. Unless he wasn't actually killing people and it was just Porter. Um, well, whoever that guy is, that that's is still Seagal yeah, I do mouthing think their guy, yeah. justification throughout yeah. the movie. Um, so, so I, I think it's the right motive, wrong way to do it. Like, I agree with them. There yeah. are places that are overrun gang violence, and we should do something about it. But I don't think killing everybody is necessarily the right answer. Right. Seagal sniping from one Maybe mile that's away. what the point of this movie was, <laughs> to make people question, like, what is the right way to go about it then? I mean, the police have Romano in custody. Do you think he did that to show that the police are so dumb I that they can't know. fucking like, do anything about that's it? That's out like, of control. Maybe he was trying to make that commentary that police in these areas are so inept that they're not doing anything about these gangs or just getting away with everything. I thought we should have seen a scene like... Like Romano's lawyer when he was like, oh, you know, there was nobody who saw him do anything, so we're... We're sure that we're going to get away with Like, he was just like, oh, we're sure we're going to walk or something like that. Remember that scene with the lawyer? I like, thought there should have been... Right a, before a, the headshot Yeah, yeah, came? yeah. A scene of the failure of the court system at some point. Yeah. Like in Kill Switch at the very beginning with Sh- Billy Joel. Sure. Um, but there wasn't that. It was. It, it, it seemed as just Seagal... He preempted it. Seagal really is judge, jury, and executioner, and yeah. there's no due process of the law. Also, that scene, guys, like, just to city. orient the people in the movie, I think me and Smitty had the same... We all had the same reaction. I think when he shoots Romano and they show where he is... <laughs> I get it's a sniper, but it was <laughs> so far away. They do dude. a it was Superman. Like a away. They like, do like a Zack Snyder flyby through it was the city. So far away. Uh, like, uh, to quickly show us that he's miles away. He's like, like miles blocks and, and blocks and blocks. And blocks and, like, yeah, miles away. Oh my god. So he's just that good. He can read the wind for miles to pro. Which I guess some snipers do miles there's away. Right? Yeah, yeah, there's like I guess confirmed some. kills it like a mile away. But, but that's with insanely like, hard. With oh, yeah. police people that you're with not all, supposed to hit. And like how the close were everybody's building? heads to that guy? Like right. it could one centimeter any other way, and it would have just. When been. you're that far away, I think you had to like account for like wind the actual curvature of the yeah, earth. Man. Right, yeah, right. Don't you have a spotter that does nuts. that for you? You have yeah, a guy. You usually like, have a it's spotter, not you yeah. doing it. It's somebody else calculating. It's it crazy. You. you sound like the cops at the beginning of the movie, being like, "No way, one man could have done this." Yeah. <laughs> no way, it was one man. <laughs> Keith, you gotta and watch then, the rest and, of the movie. And then I love how in the news report after that first scene, they were like, 
it was so bloody there was no way to tell how many people were killed. But yeah. there was like li- there was literally like bodies. twelve goons yeah. at the beginning. <laughs> it's like, it's like yeah, no one was shot, but the rest of their bodies was still there. Only one guy was blown up, and you said that one guy was blown up. One guy was stabbed, and everybody else was shot. Okay. Um, so then later, continuing on with these liners, uh, I got uh, two two more good ones, or sorry, one more good one. Um, and you know, right before uh, the guy dies, uh, I guess I I kind of switched these two around. But uh, you know, before the reporter dies, he asks Stephen like, "Who are you?" And he goes, "I'm just a man with a plan. <laughs> oh, a little regime change." An uneventful demise of someone like you. <laughs> and that's when he actually <laughs> killed the guy. That's really good. But uh, right after that, you know, the next thing that you see this guy who's dead, you know, the cameraman or whatever, and this guy very callously, this, I think it was a detective, right, who, like, looks at his body and he's like, well, nobody's going to beat you in the ratings tomorrow, Jerry. <laughs> it's like, dude, <laughs> yeah. really <laughs> callous, man. Really just not okay. I really wanted him to turn to <laughs> Neil and, <laughs> and then insult Neil and be like, well, Neil, looks like your wife isn't going to be fucking around yeah. on you anymore. <laughs> 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 if that was his characteristic, is that he was just a dick to dead people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Patterson. But uh, th- those are my liners. Do you guys got any other ones for me? No. No, you pretty much no, <laughs> you pretty right. much hit that. All right. No, it was good. I mean, the liners were good, surprisingly, because some of the movies before I didn't have anybody. So this one was was good to me in terms of the we <laughs> Mr. Smitty, what are you doing? <laughs> Mr. Smith is doing some yoga. On. Yeah, it was like some I'm deep really yoga. Sore. Oh, there is a line earlier on that I thought I thought was so weird when uh, Porter's meeting with the captain, Captain Comedy, <laughs> uh, and uh, he says, "When this is over, you might wonder if he existed." About Seagal. Yeah, they're doing the the who the uh, is Casey Casey fucking Ryback that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. they're building up Seagal's character, and it does get. I w- I was very confused at the time. Because Porter was being very cryptic about things like mm. that, but that mm. is kind of some foreshadowing to the end of the movie, I guess. I liked. So wait, okay, so <laughs> okay. Here's another question: If they're the same guy at the end of that uh, club scene where ev- everyone gets sprayed with bullets, yeah. S- Porter thinks Seagal has put a bomb on his chair, on the bottom of his chair, right? And so the whole time in the shootout, he's acting as if he can't take his butt off this chair. Mm. It's not tied to the chair. He just somehow is holding it there with his legs. He's doing, really he's doing that job. to sell the act that it's somebody else. You know, So when the cop, the real cops come in, they're like, oh, like... Oh, interesting. You know, like, oh, it's a gone. And they're like, there's no bomb here. He like, puts himself fucking crazy? in serious like, mortal danger to do so, if, he, if that's his decision. Yeah, you know, he's fucking crazy. That's because those, those it, bad uh, guys, including Tom Green, I, show and up you know what? I got a <laughs> with assault <laughs> rifles. And if it's not Seagal, then who's... Who's who's doing all the the snaps in this movie, Smitty? I think we're gonna need to talk about this. That's a this. good question. In snapping, snapping, martial yeah, martial episode snap twenty, snapping. Who's snapping? Who's snapping? Who's snapping? Remember though, it's now snaps and skippies with Mr. Smitty. Snaps and skippies with Mr. Smitty. <laughs> oh yeah, flows off the tongue. What if somebody got snapped in a skippy? Does that make him Mr. Smitty? Come skippy me, Mr. Smitty. So last week, we uh, we changed the segment up a little bit. Oh, you're I down think for that? All right, good. Yeah, yeah no, actually, I really, I really enjoy it. it. No, it, uh, it's it's a lot more interesting. Snaps and, and skippies. With Snaps Mr. and skippies. Skippy count three for the movie. Oh, oh! 
skippy, skippy, skippy. One in the middle. I mean, one at the beginning. Uh, there was probably one. I don't know, a quarter of the way through movie, and then there was one at the end where in the, the big ghost final. Blows yeah, up. yeah, where. Ghost I, I don't even know how many people get blown up or whoever. I like blows those guys who were wearing like tuxedos in the Skippy at the end. They were the worst uh, green screen worse, of all they time. Weren't even, oh it was. God, it looked like yeah. they were just standing up and then they like photoshopped like or fucking CGI. <laughs> yeah, that that helicopter really behind them. <laughs> it looks so. It was bad. really bad. Yeah. Um, so three Skippies. Three count Skippies. For today. Nice. Pretty good. I'll how many? Do, how, do we add and that to then, the snaps? Yeah, we're gonna do. Oh, we add it together. And then there was one next snap from Porter. Slash I remember that guy. I yeah, remember or, that. Yeah. yeah. Who knows who could it be? No. That was brutal. Uh, so we're looking at four. Oh, we still hit under snaps and skippies. Yeah. But That's damn close. We're getting damn close good. now. I, I, I like the uh, the revamp, though. Okay, good. Episode 20, we're changing it up. For you betting people, if it's 2005 and later, you might want to bet the under. Yeah. <laughs> He's not well, snapping. Who knows? Could, could be like lots it. of skippies. Could be lots of skippies, could be lots future of skippies Raj. That's what you do when you fucking play the game. <laughs> when you're snapping with Smitty. What'd you think of that next snap, Smitty? It was pretty solid. <laughs> it, was it, was, pretty, it was good sound. It, it was kind of just like a... Like this guy's like on top of Porter and and he's like fighting his arm for a little bit and then he's like fuck this I don't have to fight the arm I'm just gonna <laughs> grab his neck and twist it off. What, um, was there any certain like moves or to techniques that we could talk about? Ah, knife from fighting, that, I or, suppose. Yeah? Let's hit that music. All right, let's 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 go there. We're talking knees with the Brown Man, episode 20. What did Steven get into today? Is he the same guy as that other guy? Still have a lot of questions about martial techniques, martial arts. It's kind of funny because we're on martial law and we're talking about martial arts. Yes, that's funny. (laughs) Keith, are you watching this movie, man? You got to tell us what you think about the ending. I only saw the first 20 minutes. It sounds awful. (laughs) It was pretty ridiculous. So, yeah, um, not a lot of techniques in terms of, I mean, if we had a sniper, an ex-sniper here, I'm sure he'd talk about a lot of techniques in terms of sniping and why none of this shit would work. In right, life. and how unreal <laughs> this entire uh, thing was. But one of the things that is a good technique in that, I mean, we've seen a little bit of it in his other movies, um, particularly if you throw it back to episode one, Under Siege 2. Um, oh, yeah, skippies. We have a lot of good knife fighting. So... Not a lot, but in this in this amount, of, I mean, it's a good amount of uh, knife fighting, especially in the last scene between Porter and possibly himself, or Seagal and possibly <laughs> himself, or two people. There were some great knife fights between this one guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, also, besides, so I really like he the, gets stabbed, right? He does. Seagal? No, Porter. Uh, in one of those last knife fights. Yeah. Think, how no. can he be the same guy? I, I don't know. Then, yeah, I guess maybe he can't be. So, yeah, so there was, like, questions. Smitty said, like, Seagal has this motion where he, he oh, like, figure eights it almost, um, and he just keeps his wrist very loose. Uh, one of the key points in, in knife fighting, you can't have a very tense arm, because if you have a tense arm, the motion won't really work. Like, you won't be able to slash correctly, because mm-hmm. you're not, like, in, in knife fighting, you're not, especially in, like, I believe it's Kali and um, Eskrima is kind of, like, where Seagal is getting these from, Filipino knife and stick fighting. You can't be tense because their motions and the way that the knife works and cuts, it's never like like just straight up stabbing like that. Stabs are very like it's a punctuation at the end. The moves are more like slashes and quick. Just they're going to cut you up from like top to bottom. Right. So in order to do that, you need to have a very like um, very loose wrist. And it's actually, you know, like when you start learning knife fighting, it's called the cinco terros or the uh, eight deadly strikes. Mm -hmm. And so... 
Uh, and some people have less and more. Sometimes it's five deadly strikes. Sometimes it's eight. Sometimes it's as much as ten. Uh, in different, you know, if you go to like more modern versions of Khalid Sick Knife Fighting, it's ten deadly hmm. strikes. Some people have five or eight, but usually it's in that range. Um, Cinco Terras is the one that we do the five deadly strikes in in our in our gym. But uh, so you have to have that motion, and that motion is almost like. The, it's like kind of your foundation for night. Right, fighting. it's very loping, looping. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how you smooth. build those things. So that was great. The other things that they work with um, uh, with knives here is Porter, where he has a double knives going. Right. Um, and he holds them in sort of like a reverse axe pick, almost like a, if you were like to take a knife and hold it like an axe pick, but then like kind of invert it so that the, the blade kind of runs along your forearm so you can just slash. Almost like if you were to come across with like a punch, but the punch would be like the blade of the knife, right? So you right. can just slash somebody's throat. So he was doing that a lot. Um, I don't really know what to say about that version of the knife stuff, but uh, I, I don't know if anybody would find it that huge. Of, they were like almost like, I don't even know what those like Bowie hunting knives. Knife, like, yeah, like Bowie knives are fucking enormous. Like shit that you'd like skin like elks with or something, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, like, those things are like, huge. Yeah, so They're how do you huge. walk around with that <laughs> kind of stuff? Um, That's a but, good question. But I did like the 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 knife fighting aspects of it. Really harked back to Under Siege too. So Classic. I was pretty excited about. On that. average, our our two fighting no heroes breaks, were no real, like, sixty years old. So yeah. that, I mean, there yeah. wasn't a lot of hand to hand fighting. No hand to hand fighting. No kicks. No nothing like that. <laughs> One of the techniques that I do want to mention is how to break through a glass like window from the top <laughs> of a. So b- awesome. Guys, best part of the movie. I'm I jumped tell up from my If seat. you need to break into a building from the roof and you need to jump through the glass, go feet first. Just yeah. jump feet first and land. What what happens in this movie is a- so after yeah after a knife fight on the roof of a building, a Skippy shows up uh, as as Seagal and Porter are fighting. Seagal doesn't want to be seen apparently. Exactly, I think so. so he's yeah, like, shit, I need to get off this roof. He literally body flops sideways through a window. Onto this like glass skylight. window, just like skylight, and just falls through it onto his side. I'm like, dude, that is the worst way it to jump through any hilarious. kind of hilarious. Why would you do? He literally just flopped onto this window and just fell through. It was and, like, a brutal fall. Landed on glass and like impaled his hand in the process. All of which could have been avoided if you just jump straight into it. Yeah, which, uh, <laughs> what was he doing? Like, because it wasn't that excessive. It was only one floor or so that he fell. So it wasn't like that was a crazy move. It was just crazy that he would choose to body flop into it. Yeah, it seemed like it was <laughs> so funny because it's a movie and they think about these stunts. You don't think they <laughs> like you got to spend some time. So to see something so nonsensical and like, out you of know character, when you see like a guy like jump <laughs> over the hood of a car and he kind of like like, is, like, part, like style. Yeah, exactly. It was like that, but like terribly like. It didn't work. <laughs> that was so strange. What I liked about it was like <laughs> it, it just happened so quick. Like the helicopter showed up, he was just like, "Oh shit!" And then immediately, he just like fucking bolted and dove. <laughs> yeah, it was. That was the quickest we've seen Seagal move in a while. Yeah, it was, it was when he was, was falling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when gravity was moving. When him. he body flopped, dude. I sometimes body flop that way in a bed, but Jesus, never threw a skylight into glass. So those are the techniques I have for you guys today. Um, let us know, you know, if we have any huge fans of Kali, knife fighting, etc. You know, let us know what you think. Let us know what you think of the body flop. If you've ever body flopped through a skylight yourself and you have the video, you know, send it on over. <laughs> yeah, we'd love to see it. 
I really so after the headshot scene of Romano, yeah, where he's shot from five miles away by Steven Seagal <laughs> yes. from some perch. How's he getting on these perches so quickly? I, I want to see Seagal walk like up those climbing, stairs, climbing up. Yeah, with yeah. all like, this like, equipment, struggling who's to get him up to the, the top. We do see him rappel down from from a rooftop. <laughs> oh, that was pretty sick. Yeah. <laughs> it was. was but who's so letting sick. him into these buildings and up through all these things with like all these weapons and probably stuff, like. Dan Russ from Out of Reach. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, we so there's a quick montage where uh, Seagal is sharpening a knife. Uh, Porter is preparing his gun in his, his apartment, mm-hmm. and the detective. What's the detective's name? Campbell. Uh, I think so. Is interviewing uh, Patterson. Patterson. Is, detective Patterson is interviewing uh, Pleather Graham, and they're kind of putting together the story now. Yep. Um, yep. That Porter isn't one of them. That the super vigilante might be Porter. Um, this is again. So an hour and twenty minutes into the movie, the police finally figure out an idea of what's happening. Yep. They raid Porter's apartment. Do they find nothing? I forget what happens there. In Porter's apartment? They don't find anything. Yeah, no, yeah, he's not there because he's probably it's actually his hotel room. Probably killing It's not even his house. It's a hotel room. And Seagal has that scene with it's Neil, like and wife and kid. Neil and Jerry that we've, those guys we've been talking about, the reporter and the uh, cameraman. Rest in peace, Neil. That, that, that it, scene really uh, reminded me of the Marlon Brando scene from Apocalypse Now at the very end. Yeah. When he's going... Uh, uh, you're sent from the grocer or something like that. Your delivery right. boy, that whole thing. Yeah. When he's oh being really God. creepy, very poorly lit. Seagal yeah. is uh, turning into a late uh, period late, Marlon late Brando Marlon at this Brando. point. A little bit. Um, it's definitely blown up. Yeah. Okay. So then Porter calls the cops. He's smoking a cigar now. Um, he says this ends tonight. Yep. And I was wondering, how does he know that the cameraman and the reporter are dead? Okay, I get it now. Um, they put it together that this is the fucking Fight Club. This is Fight Club. <laughs> and then there's Sixth that. Sixth Sense Fight Club. Yeah. And then, again, they replay the entire movie to every headshot we see again. Is in it a Fight Club number six? Quick su- succession. It's, it's, it's very much like the usual suspects at this moment. Uh, yeah. Fight Club does the same thing where they run they, back the movie and they go. Right. Uh, it's, but it's the voiceover of the guy explaining that they're the same person. Uh, or are they? Oh, God, you guys. <laughs> what it happened a, in this movie? This is mentally I, exhausting. I what the fuck, fuck did we just see? About this. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, but there is also that, remember, he's a killer, not a savior. The morality, just the points of view, uh, the motivations, mm. completely out of whack. It's also gray. It's, I don't even know what to think uh, about God, it. Oh, God. I don't even know. But, you know, it might be gray hair here. Yep. But you know where it's warm and sunny and bright? The island. Choo choo. Of alternate endings, brother. The island. The island. Hey, Screwface, what's going on, brother? I don't know, man. It turns out me and my brother Screwface are really just one guy. Oh, fuck, <laughs> dude. Wait, there is only one Screwface oh, 2 man. and Screwface 1 with the same guy? Yes. Shit, dude, this is episode 20, Martial. Oh, wow, my God. Everybody's under martial law. Even the island of alternate It's tough endings. times, man, on the island of alternate <laughs> Fuck. Sounds Guys, like it. oh Jesus. my goodness. All right, well, while we can, let's do it. What do we got? So there was that one moment before we th- did the stupid thing where they're the same guy, where we learned that Porter isn't, uh, Porter isn't who he says he was, but he does know Sykes from his past, and they were in the military together at some point. S- it, hold on, sorry. Just, just a quick little snippet. Sure. Okay. Um, one other thing that could make you think that they're both actually real peoples because the police actually get their files, the military files, and we see the pictures of them and stuff like that. Right. 
I think the split personality thing is that during the movie it was split he's imagining he's imagining. Like, I do Sykes. believe he had a Colonel right. Sykes back yeah, in the yeah, day. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, yep, yep. Right, you could also say he's that, some, too. which goes with your PTSD thing pretty nicely. Yeah. Yes. Um, here's what I would have liked to have seen. Okay. Uh, all right. So we learn we're getting this thing that Porter isn't one of these guys. They raid Porter's apartment. Don't find anything. We come to a poorly lit room. Mm. In steps Porter. He says, I always knew you would meet me again. Seagal steps out of the shadows. Oh, he says, I've always waited for this moment. They reach towards each other and grab each other in a lover's embrace oh, and make what? out nice. super hard. Nice. They make Whoa. out really, really, really hard. Brother, you be going crazy, man. And then they... uh homosexuals. Yeah, it's a Brokeback Mountain kind of situation. <laughs> nice. Dude, that is fucking nuts. Together they go in and blow up the police station. <laughs> <laughs> and then they uh, they have to move out of Utah to get uh, no wait uh, they can do that now it's legal everywhere uh, they get mm. uh, ga- uh, they get <laughs> married in Utah <laughs> they get married in Utah and then they hop on down and live out their lives on the island of alternate endings brother that's beautiful is crazy man <laughs> it is crazy I also wanted <laughs> here's another idea this is a little bit gross but or it's a little excessive. But so in that scene where they start to do the, the usual suspects thing where they put it together that these guys are the same guy. We get through that scene, we, we know that, that Sykes and Porter are perhaps the same guy. And then the female police detective starts cutting back through other things and explaining that uh, the detective is the same guy as those guys. And then the cameraman oh, starts talking and we find out that Jerry is the same guy as all four of those people. And we then we go through all these montages and we <laughs> discover that there's just one person in the town it's doing everything. It's just town. a single loony. Yeah, it's just a single crazy <laughs> yes, It's one truly insane person with 5,000 different personalities. Man, that... And wow. we've just been watching out their, their uh, drama unfold in their mind. That's amazing. That would be pretty nuts. And we put them in the sanitarium. On the island of alternate endings. <laughs> Jesus. The sanitarium. Okay. Welcome to the sanitarium. <laughs> uh, who wants to go next? I'll go. I don't, I don't have an ending, but I have an alternate okay. what's happening during this yes. movie. Yes, okay, here we go. Very similar to um, this. I, you know, again, the similarities between this and Under Siege 2 brought me back to this. If you all, the listeners, remember or want to go back and listen to this, I had this theory that during Under Siege 2, Seagal, every time we didn't see him, was going back to bake a cake for his niece in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Similar to that, I believe what is happening in this movie is that there is two people. Like, for this sake of this, let's just say there are two people for the sake of what's happening for my alternate movie. Seagal and Porter are both part of an online shooters group, like like a Call of Duty game, or like you know those like games that like you go online and you play or whatever. Porter is the current high scorer. He holds the high num- most number of headshot kills in a video game online. Okay. Seagal <coughs> is actually going around taking this literally, and is trying to beat this record by killing people, sniping them. <laughs> And he keeps going back and telling them of his confirmed kills. And people on the game are like, wait a minute. The numbers aren't going up in the game. So like everyone's just like, wait, is he, is he actually shooting? <laughs> yeah, but 150 people just is died in ki- our fair city yesterday. <laughs> are they like, is he killing people? So then Porter, another gamer who's holding the record, is like, doesn't realize that he's actually killing these people. Goes to find Seagal because he does not want his record to be beaten. 
So then when he goes to the city and sees that Seagal's doing this in real life, he realizes that, oh no, Seagal's like actually going to beat his record if he keeps killing these people. So then he decides to start shooting his own group of bad guys <laughs> and reporting this back to these gamers, this gamers guild, that he still holds a high score because he's shooting all these, he's sniping all these people. So it, what has happened is that Seagal and Porter have taken their sniping from an online, like, video s- game. online video games, like the Call of Duty kind of shit, to, like, a real-life situation oh. where they're going <laughs> so from city nuts. to city. So the reason that they both had to leave at the end was... That quote unquote level is over. <laughs> that that city's been. Do- they're moving on to another city with another fresh start where they have to start killing gang members to get their kill count up and see who's did, the best it, gamer. It, it does seem like it was very influenced by video games. In that, I seriously in that think that they're part of this. Machine. I would love to see a movie headshot, starring Jesse headshot, Eisenberg headshot. and John Malkovich called Headshot. <laughs> <laughs> that is the that plot. Because <laughs> at one point, like somebody even says, like the porter even says, like your gun is aimed at my waist, and like. You know, Kevlar is going to protect him. Like, dude, this is a fucking video. I think these guys, like, think this is real, but it's a video. Like, but I would just love to see the guys on the other side, like, of, like, whatever it's called. I forget what it's called. Like, Steam Steam Engine was one of them? Steam? Yeah. It was one of them or something I used to play, like, way back in the day. But, like, all these people being like, wait a minute. They're like, kill counts on the actual game aren't going up. And then they keep watching the news and all these gamers are like, guys, are are they killing people in real life? That's a good. That's like, a, a movie. That, I think that movie would sell a lot better what, than Code of Honor. I think that's what's happening, dude. And then they're moving on to the next one. So the next city is just going to be like ransacked in the same. So way. each city is almost like its own matrix to them. It's its own level, dude. Like just like in any kind of shooter game, like Call of Duty. There's different places you go to, right? Different cities. That's sadly probably a reality <laughs> of this movie. I seriously yeah, think that's right. what's happening, Smitty. What's your uh, alternate ending? Okay. Well, I, ha- I had one earlier. Um, I mentioned something earlier while we were watching the movie. Smitty, you've got some majestic hair going on right oh, now. Can I just you. say this for all our listeners that can't see this? Sucks for you guys because Smitty's um, hair is on point right now. <laughs> Get a photo of but it. But anyways. Ooh, yeah, you know what? Um, but I wall. think I'm going to go a different direction. So so the movie's kind of as is, but in this version, they are definitely two separate people. Okay. okay? So we're going to put that out there. They're definitely two separate people. So... Um, so at the end, Seagal is able to actually take down the chopper. Mm-hmm. And the, when they're on the roof with the fight scene on the roof, Seagal somehow, yeah, I don't even know whether maybe like a, a perfect knife throw of some sorts mm-hmm. takes down our chopper. Chopper crashes into the top of the building and kills Seagal. Porter. <laughs> you always kill Seagal. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, we love you, Stephen. Come on our podcast. Hashtag, hashtag kill us on film. Uh, Porter is the one who. People. Porter's the one who takes the the skylight fall. Okay. Mm-hmm. He survives. Does he flop when he does it? It's, oh yeah. He, he goes head first. <laughs> and he escapes. Or actually, how about this? We don't. It's not really shown. It's kind of ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Then the wrap up scene comes. Patterson talks to uh, Pleather Graham. Um, and son about, you know, oh, all right, we got the guy or whatever. And but, you know, there's still one guy on the loose, you know, be careful of him. He might have saved you, but he's not a good guy. We need to bring him in. And then, you know, she's like, well, he saved me. So they're all walking off. Then all of a sudden, like a nice Mustang pulls up next to her, Ooh, and her yeah. son, rolls down the window, the big fat cigar in his mouth. We got Porter. I like it. He's got a bottle of booze <laughs> right in the center console. 
He's like, hop in, babe. <laughs> We're getting out of this. Town. Leave the kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and for yeah, for for uh, uh, Raj's pleasure, they leave the kid, <laughs> and then uh, yes. they ride off into the sunset. Yes. Does she, does he flip down a, a pair of shades? Oh, of course. What does he say? I can get used to this. Yeah. <laughs> Can I actually make a little addendum to, m- to mine? Yes. So, okay. so here's my alternate ending. Dude, is that we discovered that they're the same guy. What I got to cut you off. Van Damme just liked our page. Jean-Claude Van Damme? Jean-Claude motherfucking Van Damme just liked Seriously Seagal. Oh, Shout out breaking to news, JCB. Guys. Holy oh, shit, shit, That's guys. amazing. People be like Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, my God. Do splits I... and like us on Facebook. What? All right, so here's, here's my alternate ending. Um, we learn that Seagal and Porter are the same guy. It, we keep learning that everybody is really the same guy, and there's one just crazy <laughs> person in that town. The it loony. turns out that that guy is a ghost. Okay? <laughs> oh, Cut to the little boy wakes up from a dream in a hospital bed. Oh, it was God. all just his dream. Oh, he sees God. his mom, Pleather Graham. There's Steven Seagal. There's Porter. There's the mayor. There's the senator. Okay. What are Zoom. they all doing there? Zoom. He says, you were there, <laughs> you were there, and you, you were, were there, and you were there. <laughs> Why are all these there. people hanging out together? And they're like, we're glad to see that you're back awake, character I don't know the name of. <laughs> Zoom out through the window. The earth becomes smaller and smaller and smaller as oh, the camera zooms back. God. We got cut through a, a pane of glass, and we see Steven Seagal holding a snow globe that contains the entire earth that <laughs> this movie was based in. <laughs> he looks at the camera. And starts giving a 13-minute lecture about the environment. Oh, oh nice. Uh, Zoom out even further <laughs> from this skippy? just... Steven Seagal is just in an eternal blackness. He's standing in just in a, this eternal blackness. Zoom out even further to an... A- we go into an alien spaceship. Skippy? An alien space skippy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> where a race of Seagal-like aliens yeah. uh, have shown that this, this, this all was like just... show or something? That the, the universe that we live in, that we do this podcast in, that our listeners listen in, was all a simulation created by these beautiful Seagal aliens to give us life. It could be true. Who knows? Like the Truman Show, kind of? And then but roll the credits produced by Ben motherfucking Dang. Get yeah. Big Dang back on this ben bitch. Dang. Come on. All right, boys. We had a lot of trouble figuring out what was happening in this movie. Dude. Um, I, we oh. apologize to our listeners if this was completely insane. But if you watch this movie, you will know what we mean. I think I would recommend watching this movie. It wasn't so bad. Uh, Maybe watch the first 10 minutes and then skip ahead to an hour. Yeah. Because uh, everything in between doesn't matter. But it was ludicrous. We want to thank our sponsors, Wendy's. Qdoba. Scent of Action, Action Cologne. Telefunken. Mazda. Steven Seagal's Russian Guns. <laughs> um, ben Steven Dang. <laughs> ben Dang, come on Dude, the podcast. Ben Dang needs to come on this podcast. Um, what are we doing next week, Flip? Next week is going to be episode 21. And, uh, you know, I, I am... Well, I can't really say it's going to be <laughs> that much better. Actually, I could, I can say that it's going to be better than than this one. Obviously. Don't say that. I don't know if you should say that, dude. Should I not say that? Don't make promises. All right. Okay. I love this movie. Did have I said that no, yet? This was the best no, movie we've it ever w- seen. It was pretty amazing. The just the second half made it worth. Fuck you, Casablanca. Casablanca. So we are going to get a uh, Don E. Fontoroy again. Yes. Yes. Because it's been it's been a little bit, and we ne- we need Don E. Fontoroy. Hopefully, his wife will be on set fawning over him. A former thief who is trying to go straight seeks vengeance on those who framed him in 2005's action crime thriller "Today You Die." Oh. Starring Vinger- or starring um, Stephen Seagal and Ice Cool. Ice Cool? Sorry. <laughs> nope. Ice Cool is the name of Ice the character. Anthony Treach Chris. Anthony Treach Chris? Treach? Yeah, I think he's oh, a rapper. Oh, yeah. Is he a rapper? Uh, yeah, he's a rapper. Treach. Okay. I like it. I like Tretch? them cigars with rappers. Treach? 
Kevin Tig. Tretch. Kevin Tige. I believe it is. Kevin Tige. Where's the set, Rush? Does it look like an urban environment? <laughs> Dude. It literally has the same, like, uh, the, the cover looks almost exactly the same as Urban Justice. Like, it, it's, yeah, I thought we'd already seen this for a second. I was like, wait a minute. Oh. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy is right. Dude, it is going to be great. All right, so everybody check out that movie. What was that one called again, Flip? Oh, my God. What Seagal does in Vegas nearly destroys it is the tagline of this movie. I cannot wait. Okay, Vegas. Guys. I'm on board. All right, so everybody watch that movie. Again, the name of the movie was... Today You Die. Today You Die. And uh, listen to our podcast. Check out the back episodes. Again, happy episode 20, you guys. Happy epi- tw- episode 20, guys. Yeah, it's been, episode it's been 20. Great. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Seriously Seagal. Hashtag kill us on film. Uh, JCVD, talk to us, man. We want to do something thanks. together. Um, thanks to everybody. And uh, yeah, this has been P-Bear. Flavor. This is Smitty. And this is Seriously Seagal, episode 20. We know all about you. You found me out, didn't you? He was a master thief who stole from the rich and gave to the poor. I got some business for you now. You gotta change your life, Harlan. I'm out. But what was supposed to be the last heist turned out to be only the beginning. Come on, drive! For 991, we have a 211 in progress. This is supposed to be legit, man. You stop, you die. This was supposed to go down quietly. $20 million is missing. Where's the setup? Where's the money? It's gone. Max, we'll find him! Ha! Yeah! Try to stay bubbling with no trouble in me. Yo, Harlan. Where's the money? You better show me money. Tell me, or I'm gonna cut your heart out. I heard what you in for. If you want to do something for me, help me find a way out of here. This might be your lucky day. Now, a spectacular prison break. Now you a gangster! He must team up. This is my partner right here. Walks like a black man, breathes like a killer. To take back the life that was stolen from him. You guys betrayed me. Now I'm coming for you. And take revenge. Time to drop it like it's hot. Let's go. Wanna dance with the devil? This is one crazy mother. Have you ever thought about anger management? Yes, sir, I have, but this worked better.